Hello, everyone, and welcome to Moving Right Along, a Muppet Movie Podcast, brought to you by ToughPigs.com. This is the podcast where we watch The Great Muppet Caper two minutes at a time and talk about it a lot. I am your host, Ryan Rowe. I'm your other host, Anthony Strand. And today we have a special return guest back with us from last season. Guest, please tell our listeners who you are. Hi, I am Christy Admiral, and I have no public internet presence on a regular basis right now, so I have no title. <laughs> That's <laughs> absolutely fine, but we're glad you're with us. I'm good. To, I'm glad to be here. And uh, today we're talking about minutes 87 and 88 of The Great Muppet Caper, in which the Muppets make it to the roof of the Mallory Gallery as Nikki Holiday and the Thieves uh, continue breaking in. And these minutes start in a very chaotic way, as we're right in the middle of the Muppets running away from these barking guard dogs who are chasing them. And uh, they got to get to the roof, so they shimmy up a drain pipe to get up there. Um, I want to talk about the drain pipe, but first I also want to mention that in the July 22nd, 1980 draft of the screenplay, it specifically says that Kermit shouts, whoa, Nelly" as the dogs <laughs> are chasing them. But I don't actually hear Kermit say that in the movie. Which is a shame. Yeah, they cut that out in post. Yeah, it's too bad. And it also reminds me of, this might be really obscure, but in Labyrinth, when uh, the characters are being chased by goblins through the Goblin City. Jennifer Connelly actually says, Whoa, Nelly. Hmm. There's a three line I love, there. I love the idea that Jim Henson wanted to put it in all of his movies. And, right. like, you know, so, so I'm imagining, like, the Chamberlain Skeksis being like, Whoa, Nelly. Right. It just stuck in his head. And he's like, oh, Whoa, Nelly. I got to use that somewhere, sometime. Yeah, and he got it into his third and final feature. So that's oh uh, yeah, eventually he did. There you go. So uh, yes, the gag with the drain pipe. Um, this lasts for only about twenty seconds on screen, where you see the Muppets just kind of scooting, scooting their way up the drain pipe. Um, but as we've learned in the documentary Muppet Guys Talking, uh, Frank Oz said shooting it was the most scared he ever felt working on a Muppet project. Oh, it uh, looks like it would have been a nightmare to do. Yes, it was. So uh, Frank Oz said, Jim wanted all these characters to climb up this drain pipe. You've got people who are five foot six to six foot two with these characters. So how do you do it? So he designed an elevator and each of us were lying down, all lying down with our hands out. There were about 10 of us all stacked like pancakes. So <laughs> picture 10 Muppet performers essentially lying down on top of each other on this elevator with their arms sticking out. Um, Dave Gold says uh, there were 18 inches between levels. And Frank said that it was so scary because he was just thinking if, if any part of that broke, like every every puppeteer it would just collapse and everyone would be crushed by it it's kind of staggering because it's only in the movie then for as you said 20 seconds and they did all this work for this one single shot yeah exactly it's worth it though because it's so much fun watching those muppets scurry up the drain like it's such a great effect it's such a memorable effect that i think it was totally worth the time that they put into it I think so. I don't know if Frank and Dave and the guys would would necessarily say that it was, but um yeah, it's very funny. I've I've seen this with 
with uh, audiences of various sizes many times, and this is something that always gets a big laugh. So it works for sure. No, it's a good it's a good visual gag without actually being a gag of any kind. It's just puppets moving upward, and it's <laughs> funny anyway. Yeah. Yeah, and even, like, if you're looking at it, you might wonder, oh, how did they do that? I don't think you would assume, oh, they must have built an elevator. Oh, no, definitely not. No, I, I kind of assumed it was marionettes of some kind. Right. Like, four years until that movie came out, the Muppet Guy's talking. Yeah, yeah. Um, although I think, so, Camilla is flying up rather than scooting. I think she probably is a marionette. No, Camilla knows how to fly. <laughs> they they made a Camilla puppet that could fly? Yeah, and also she's a chicken. She shouldn't even be able to fly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I do question how high chickens can actually fly. Zero. The answer is they can <laughs> not fly. Yeah, we should have fact-checked that. Um, but the other thing is we get some looks, like full-body looks at all the characters um, including, I think we, we mentioned during the bicycle sequence that most of the characters were seen there in full body form, except I think it was Ralph and Beauregard. Yeah, they're both not there in that one. Yeah, but they are actually in this shot, so you get to see them, and they do look weird, as we <laughs> suggested they would. Yeah, well, Ralph especially is just such a carpet. Like, right. He doesn't make sense as a, a body with legs. Like, that right. doesn't, I can't, I can't process it. No, he just has this kind of baggy body. Yeah, he's actually sort of the bottom of him is obscured by Beaker, probably on purpose. So um, then they make it to the roof and they're all exhausted. Fozzie says, "So far, I'm not having any fun." <laughs> <laughs> and I love how out of breath they like. It would have been so easy for them to just get up on the roof and been like, "Okay, next part of the adventure," but they're all just like panting and exhausted. Oh yeah. Which makes Fozzie's line so much funnier. Yeah, that'll take a lot out of you. Papers are difficult. They're, they're not, this is a this isn't like the standard. We're going to make a television show. This is a this is serious business. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. They're not they're not doing a musical number. They're running for their <laughs> lives. Uh, but then the dogs are still barking. So Ralph leans over and just says "woof woof woof," and the dogs just kind of cool it and and sit down and relax. Yeah, bless you for uh, letting me talk about Ralph again. Because man. What a, what a nice moment he gets a, he gets a good laugh line after it I believe the exact words are it helps to speak a second language which also is true just generally yeah right right it's, it's it's an accurate line that is also an excellent joke yeah but it makes me wonder could he have just done that at any time with with the dogs could he have just said woof 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 and they would have let, let them pass by when they were on the ground yeah yeah he probably could have no, the, the, but he's not that bright. That's one of my favorite <laughs> things about him. Yeah, I don't know. Is that? Do you think of of him as not being one of the smarter Muppets? I don't think he is. Maybe I, I I think he's he's too busy being chill most of the time to really think about anything. Hmm. Yeah, I guess so. He kind of does his own thing, but I guess I, I definitely in more recent productions he's maybe been dumbed down a little bit i mean yeah i i always think of him in the in the jason siegel muppets movie uh talking about like how he 
his um his addition like them him being added to their road trip was so classic and it's just him in a hammock saying yeah sure i'll go with you yeah like that's my rolf moment <laughs> so well it's such a like it's, he's laid back you know is the thing and that is like the most possible laid back moment in any muppet movie it's perfect oh what a great rolf thing yeah, yeah, it does feel in character still. I, I'm also thinking of in Muppets Most Wanted when uh, they realize that Ricky Gervais has been working against them the whole time, and he's the one who says, the bad guy was Dominic bad guy. <laughs> but then maybe that means he's smarter, because he was the first person to put that together. <laughs> oh, man. Um, uh, but but if we're talking about Rolf, gotta mention that he does this joke in Muppet Family Christmas, six years later. Well, he's... To Sprocket in, in Dogwing. Right, right. Uh, in the Muppet Family Christmas, Ralph has a conversation with Sprocket, just barking. And then it's Doc who turns to look at the camera and says something like, don't you hate it when you don't speak the language? Is that it? <laughs> yeah, yes. Yeah. Which is like, it's one of those things where Jerry Jewell must have hesitated because... They did that joke in a like they did that exact joke in a very high profile spot, like in one of their movies. But Sprocket is there, so they had to do it again. Like it would be such a missed opportunity to yeah. not do it when you have Rolf and a famous Muppet dog who only barks on camera together. <laughs> I think it plays just differently enough, and also probably at the time, very few people noticed or remembered it. Pete, oh yeah, right. Also, those audiences hadn't seen this movie. Or this movie or that special, like dozens of times, like you and I have now. Right, that's the thing. Um, do you think dogs uh bark in different accents? Like when these when these British dogs bark at Ralph, does he hear them barking with an accent? <laughs> I hope so. Um my one of my favorite fictional dogs is Bear on the show Person of Interest, who actually does speak Belgian specifically. Like really? he, all of the commands they give him that like he learns English, but he understands Belgian and he probably sounds a little different whether he's speaking one or the other. Is yeah. that right? That, that makes me really want to watch person of interest. Like that's, uh, I can tell you the exact the most, uh, episode where bear comes in. If you want, like you really don't <laughs> need to watch it until he shows up. <laughs> that's when it gets good. He like, I, like right I think I believe it is always good, but it does pick up in the second season, and not coincidentally, that is when Bear shows up. Well, there you go. Well, and when does Amy Acker show up? We can talk about this another time. Oh, also, <laughs> um, the very end of the first season, and then her first like major arc is the second season. It's a great show. Uh, if if you learn nothing else today, please learn that I love Person of Interest. That's the one with Michael Emerson, right? <laughs> Indeed. Yeah, well, I, I like Michael Emerson. I like Amy Acker. So and everybody like, on it is good. Everything I like dogs who speak Belgian. Uh, all right. So, anything else on the drain pipe sequence before we move on? I mean, not a, not a ton going on there, really, aside from apparently an ex- extraordinarily difficult shot to set up. Yeah, Anthony. Anything? Yeah, I don't have anything else. All right. Uh, next we go to Miss Piggy on the side of the road where her truck has just uh, completely run out of gas so she's stuck she is about to despair but fortunately a van drives by from something called the Super Wheels Stunt Team and the van hits a bump and out of the back of the van rolls a sweet red motorcycle with a helmet 
and this whole outfit with gloves and everything. And Piggy <laughs> looks right at us and says, what an unbelievable coincidence. <laughs> it's an excellent moment. <laughs> yeah. I really well, love like it. Talked, yeah, it's great. We talked last week about how Piggy is kind of using the audience as her sidekick through this entire, like, her trip to get to the gallery. And this is the best moment, is when she just looks right at us and says, like, can you believe how ridiculous this movie is? <laughs> right. <laughs> Great. Yeah. And like we, we said, it kind of lets the movie get away with stuff like this. Oh, for sure. Right. Well, and also, like, I realized watching this today, I would absolutely buy a t-shirt with the Super Wheels stunt team logo on it. Mm. I don't know if they would ever make official merchandise like that but <laughs> oh no, i'm sure not that's the kind of thing maybe you could do on uh, uh red bubble or one of those kind of websites right and no one would get it that's that's the other thing. no it's true you do get a really good look at that logo though so an artist could recreate that pretty pretty well yeah so any artists listening let me know if you want a commission i will be in touch yes <laughs> <laughs> um we don't really hear much about or, or think much about motorcycle stunt riders these days, I don't think. But I guess at the time when this movie came out, uh, Evil Knievel was still kind of just a few years uh, from his, had passed since his peak of doing stunts, like riding a motorcycle over the Grand Canyon or whatever, his all his motorcycle stunts. Also, you're forgetting about a little movie called Toy Story 4. Oh, there, yeah, that's a good point of reference for today. I still haven't seen Toy Story before. I don't know if it's to do with like my waning interest in Pixar or no, it has to do with my waning interest in Pixar films. <laughs> That's fair. Sure, sure. Then I should you maybe know this, but Keanu Reeves plays a Canadian stuntman toy named Duke Kaboom. Yeah, I knew that I was familiar with that concept and that actually did pique my interest enough where I was like, maybe I should see this movie. And, you know, I'll watch it eventually. I have Disney Plus now. I, there's no excuse for me not to watch literally everything. Right. <laughs> right. I would, I would describe Toy Story 4 as fun but inessential. So okay. not like... Yeah. But, uh, yeah, like, like this movie, it does have a, a stunt motorcycle. So. <laughs> well, that's something. Man. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also want to mention Piggy saying, what an unbelievable coincidence. She has the same line in the Muppet movie when... Uh, Kermit and the gang happen to pass by right when she's hitchhiking on the side of the road. So uh, it's a fun little callback. I kind of wish they had worked it into Muppets Take Manhattan, but it's it's fun to catch it for the second time here. Oh, yeah. And, uh, oh, the other thing I wrote down is I, I just like the, the little sort of magical-sounding uh, music cue in the score that plays as the motorcycle rolls out. I really like that. Yeah. I feel like it reminds me of something else from another movie, but I can't quite place it. Uh, so back at the gallery, Nikki Holiday and his gang of thieves are still using their various uh, high-tech devices to get past the security systems and break in. When we went over, when when we did the scene where they went over their checklist, we questioned why they needed a stopwatch. But there is a shot here where you can see Darla actually using a stopwatch while she's pushing buttons. I don't know exactly what she's doing with it. Any any guesses? No idea. <laughs> well, I wonder I wonder if it isn't something like the alarm system is going to go off in this amount of time. Yeah, that was my best guess too. 
yeah, like like we have this many seconds or whatever to get through this room or whatever, you know. Right. Yeah. So they actually the stopwatch was was very useful. Yeah, I can't imagine what else it would be though. Yeah. Uh, then uh, we go to the roof of the gallery where the Muppets are approaching a skylight. Uh, Bunsen volunteers Beaker to, uh, to... They think it might be rigged with an alarm, so Bunsen volunteers Beaker to to check, and for some reason, checking for an alarm involves touching a screwdriver <laughs> to the skylight. I'm not quite sure what the reasoning is. But it results in this uh, gag where Beaker's eyes light up and his hair stands on end. And we've definitely seen this happen, I mean, since then. We've seen it a few times after this movie, but I think this might be the first time they actually did that with Beaker's eyes lighting up. Well, no, it's not. It's in the Buddy Rich episode of The Muppet Show. Oh, what happens? When the the power goes out in the Muppet Theater and Bunsen... uh, hooks beaker up to a gen like puts beaker on a generator like on a wheel to power a generator to bring power back to the muppet theater and at one point he gets electrocuted because he's running too fast and then his eyes light up just like this okay well but i think they probably they did that like that's third to last episode of the ship so right. it would have been shot around the same time and then he, it happens again in the fantastic miss piggy ship the next year so like Whatever mechanism they bought to give Beaker, Beaker light bulb eyes, it paid off because they used it three times within <laughs> like a year. Right, right, and they may have written it into the Buddy Rich episode, knowing that they could use it in the movie or vice versa. Right, I'm sure that's right. Yeah, and then I don't know if it's like, are they using the same puppet every time since then, or this just the same eyeballs? I mean, I'll- I would certainly guess so, like, for those three that all happened back-to-back. Because after yeah. that, I don't ha- think it happens again until the night. Right, right. Um, yeah, and I guess it, I just thought of this. It's similar to that original Sweetums uh, mechanism in the Frog Prince, where his eyes would light up. Oh, yeah. uh, which they they said it at first, like, somehow it broke after the Frog Prince, and they never bothered fixing it, which is why Sweetums' eyes haven't lit up since... The 1960s, but <laughs> I guess it's pretty much the same thing for Beaker, just smaller. Yeah, yeah. I dig um, this moment because it's one. Of, it is a nice reminder, as we should always be reminded, that Beaker is like one of the most outlandishly cartoonish <laughs> Muppets. Yeah, I think the fact that he doesn't speak coherent English actually helps. Oh, definitely. The reaction to getting electrocuted is very good. <laughs> <laughs> right, and we might feel more sorry for him if he was actually. Screaming like, oh no, that hurts. <laughs> yeah, I don't think it would play as well. Although, um, I should say, I, I will say, this is the first time we've seen Bunsen and Beaker do anything in this movie. Like, I, they've probably been in crowd scenes, but this is their first, like, featured moment. Mm. Is it really? And, wow. Yeah. Like, I, I mean, I'm sure they're at the hotel, you know, whatever. But, like, the Muppet movie take such great pains to introduce us to them, have Bunsen like monologue about who they are and what they do. And this one, it's just like, Oh, the audience loves Bunsen and Beaker. We'll just throw them at them. It's fine. Like they, they know the score, you know, it'll play and it does. It's great. Yeah. Well, I found it interesting that Bunsen does say my assistant Beaker will, will check or what, you know, he, he specifically names Beaker just in case, but he doesn't. I don't think they actually name Bunsen. No, I don't think so. 
Hmm. Yeah. So that's, I don't know why they did it that way. Well, apparently Beaker's, uh, sacrifice deactivates the, uh, alarm or whatever it is. Cause that's how that would work. <laughs> yes. Because then animal is able to just. Well, but what, what I love is that Bunsen says now it's perfectly safe. And Beaker does this Jim helper. It takes to the camera. <laughs> like he's just so distant with Bunsen, like being like, "Now it's fine." Yeah, yeah. Well, that's their their relationship right there. Um, yeah, and then so then Animal is able to just use his brute strength to pull this whole uh, panel off of the skylight, and um, he's he's straining though. And as Animal makes these straining noises for a second, he kind of sounds like Grover. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> And then uh, the panel just starts to fall on top of the Muppets, and that's where we end these minutes. And well, I was so worried that the clip was going to cut off like while the panel was in mid-fall. So I'm glad that it like, ends on them. I was very satisfied. That we actually saw the moment of impact. Yeah. So, yeah, like I say, those are the end of these uh, minutes. Um, any final thoughts on this clip? Christy, I will start with you. This is a pretty, uh, it feels shorter than two minutes because I think so much happens so quickly. <laughs> so it's pretty breakneck pace for this. Yeah. But I'm glad these are the ones I got because I get some of, like, some of the more, like, some of the more fun visuals in the back half of the movie. So you get Beaker's eyes lighting up and you get the, the excellent Muppet scaling, uh, like, of a drain pipe. Both of yes. these, pretty excellent. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's some, Great. Sure. It's it's also very important to the the whole climax of the movie. So true. Uh, Anthony, any final thoughts from you? Um. Oh yeah. Um. We kind of glossed over Nikki and the models' actual robbery scene here, but I like the kind of like bleep and bloop computer noises that are playing the whole time they're doing. That. <laughs> oh yeah, very like, like late seventies. <laughs> yeah, it's like the Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory. Um, the scene in the TV room. Like, it's that kind of sound. It's great. Yeah, yeah, very much so. Oh, the other thing was, after Rolf talks to the dogs and turns around, I love that Gonzo takes a picture of him. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah, like, that's kind of like the button on that gag, is that, like, we did, we did the talking dog joke, and then Gonzo just, like, commemorates the moment with a photograph, and then a bunch of the Muppets kind of, like, criticize him for it, because he's drawing attention to them. <laughs> right again they're they're trying to sneak in and go unnoticed and he's taking a flash photo <laughs> right. all right so christy uh we like to ask our guests uh what is your history with this movie do you remember the first time you saw it and how do you rank it among the muppet movies so this one was not one of the ones i watched over and over again as a kid i probably saw it when i was younger maybe seven or eight or something like that uh it's not one that i revisit very often even though like it it is the one among this original kind of the original trilogy that if it's on tv i will drop everything and watch the rest of it mm. i'm not sure why this is the one that, that does that for me but there's something about sticking it through to the end with this one that i always do um it doesn't I would I would rank it as one of the most watchable ones. I don't think it's particularly high in my order, but okay. I do like I do like it quite a bit. Sure. Yeah, that's interesting about watching 
to the end when you come across it. I guess it has maybe higher stakes or or somehow yeah, more, more it, urgent stakes than the Muppet movie or the that. Muppet Steak Manhattan. Yeah. Just the very nature of being a caper movie, I, I want to stick it out despite knowing what is going to happen. Right. You got to see if they're going to foil that jewel heist. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. I'm not sure if I thought of that aspect of it before. Uh, all right. So with that, then, we will wrap things up. Oh, Ryan, real quick. Yes. I just know, I just found Muppet Wiki does have a page called Beaker's Glowing Eyes. <laughs> so we will link to that in the show notes. Wow. I'm glad you found that. Yeah. I I scrolled through the Muppet Labs page on the wiki, and I didn't see any Muppet Labs sketches from the Muppet Show where his eyes lit up. Which is but, interesting, because you would think that would happen at least once in a while. Right, so I guess it only right. happened it, it, backstage. It feels like a core beaker thing. Yeah. It does now, yeah. But I should have known that there was an entire page dedicated <laughs> to Beaker's glowing eyes. <laughs> what a great website. Thanks, Absolutely. Muppet Wiki editors. Yes. Yeah. For, forget Tough Pigs, everyone. Just check out Muppet Wiki on <laughs> the internet, Facebook, Twitter, and everywhere else. And uh, please do uh, drop by our Facebook or Twitter uh, to tell us what you thought of this episode or any episodes or the movie. Um, or you can also come to the Tough Pigs forum, which is linked on the front page of toughpigs.com. You can find me on Twitter at me, Ryan Rowe. Anthony is on Twitter at Zeppo Marxist. And Christy, where can people find you on the internet? I am on Twitter and Instagram. I don't know why you'd follow my Instagram, but it's the same username at Admiral Christy. And if you want to read my writing, really the easiest way to do that is look at my muckrack page, which I didn't curate but whoever did, did a really good job with. <laughs> okay. So be sure to check awesome. that out. <laughs> and uh, if you don't mind, please give us a positive review on Apple Podcasts or wherever. And please tell all your friends about the show and join us again next week for another episode of Moving Right Along. Goodbye. Woof, 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 woof. <laughs>